0: Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. Today we're talking about the Go Giver. We're your hosts, Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner. Good morning, Bruce.
0: Good morning, Rachel.
1: Good morning, and today we're going to be having a special guest, Bob Berg, and he is the author, a co-author of The Go-Giver, along with John David Mann. So for most of our audience who are entrepreneurs and business owners, who are serving others and finding a way to improve the world, part of your goal is to build this life and business that you love now, not just waiting for hopefully maybe someday in the future enjoying your life. And we want to help you with that process. So a great part of that is your mindset and your approach to life and relationships and your work, which really all is part of one perspective and approach that you have to life. So Bruce, your team introduced us to the GoGiver about two and a half years ago, and I want to say I really saw you guys modeling the GoGiver mindset and approach just in the way that you gave value and you you were more abundantly focused on giving value than you were in collecting compensation and knowing that that will be a result. And I think that's one of the things that really attracted us to you guys in the first place. And and I know that as we've built the money advantage that we've then used a lot of those go-giver principles to say, how can we find a way to scalably, if that's a word, provide as much value to others, answer their questions that they're looking for, and really be able to improve and elevate the the level of other people's lives as they're on this entrepreneurial and business journey to keep in control more of their money. So, Bruce, can you tell us a little bit about what The Go-Giver meant for you and your team and why that was a part of giving us The Go-Giver book and and modeling The Go-Giver principles in the beginning?
0: Yes. uh, You know, Rachel, we do a lot of um, mindset coaching and And business coaching, we we try to take that in from as many different sources as possible because we realize we don't know everything, but we do believe that um, mindset is a big part of this. And if you are actually looking to expand your mind, your abundance thinking, your giving thinking, that things just seem to appear at the the proper time, well, the same thing happened here when uh, we were contemplating, uh, starting what we called the Freedom Advisor um, experience. And the Freedom Advisor experience was that we we were actually kind of tired of the financial services world, really focusing on, hey, this is what you pay me as far as assets under management. Um, this is the cost for a, a financial plan, so on and so forth. And it was, it was very, in our opinion, it was very cold. And the whole model was actually uh, modeled around helping the corporation more than helping the individual. And, and lo and behold, even though we were trying to break free of that model uh, by seeing if there was a bunch of financial services people across the nation that felt the same way, we started the Freedom Advisor experience. And about the same time, we came across this book uh, mm-hmm. called The Goal Giver, And it really kind of framed what we were trying to put into words is that you don't go in and tell a person what you can do. What you do is you go in and and ask a person what they would like to accomplish. And then once they tell you what you would like to accomplish, you hopefully design your entire business model around giving value to whatever they're asking for at that particular time. You know, I don't,
1: mm-hmm. I don't
0: know if this is um, or who's who's the author of this particular um, f- uh, phrase or wording, but you know, I think it's a really important that you you listen with the intent to understand rather than listening with the intent to respond.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so often, not only in financial services, but in any body that has a business, a person comes in and says hey, I need some paint. And, a, and a, what's the first question? Well, what color paint do you need? What's the outdoor, what's the outdoor, is it outdoor or indoor? Do you want flat, blah, blah, blah? And then a person says, well, okay, well, I need red, I need it for outdoor and I need satin paint. But they don't, they don't ask them like, well, what is this project for? What is it, what are you trying to represent? Why are you doing, why are you changing the color? And right. if you do that, and you do that. they might they might actually say, well, have you ever thought about having this shade or actually changing this color or maybe not go with a satin? Maybe you really would like a glossy finish here or in a satin finish on the border. That's bringing about more value in a very commoditized thing because you could go to Lowell's or Home Depot or Sherwin-Williams and get paint from them at a certain price point.
1: Which then moves the conversation from being this order-taking or transactional nature to something that really is this exchange of value, which is everything about what the Go-Giver stands for and teaches, right?
0: Yeah, and and, and that's, that's an example of the Go-Giver. Then we said we were already going to do this endeavor, but it really inspired us to start figuring out how we can actually model that and put it put systems in place and just give away what we've already felt that we were uh, fairly successful for and eventually you know we would receive compensation for that value and then of course we ran into the prosperity economics movement we ran into a lot of other people that were feeling this the same way and we have gained immensely from uh, the value that they've given us also
1: oh tremendously and i think What's really powerful about this as well is as we came into this idea of saying, well, let's start the Money Advantage podcast, we wanted to find a way to leverage our uh, ability to reach one person at a time and be able to communicate these ideas and concepts and financial ways of thinking that really would put somebody in control. And we wanted to find a way to solve problems and invite people into a relationship by providing that value first. And I think that's been one of the key things that has um, framed everything that we're doing here at the money advantage and why it's so valuable to have this conversation with Bob today. So the go giver is really transforming the entrepreneurial culture with these laws of stratospheric success that we're going to ask Bob about in a moment. And this wisdom that comes from this beautiful parable will really transform your life and your thinking not only about your business, but also personal relationships and family and how you respond in your community and and what those dialogues look like. So we brought Bob onto the show today to give you a firsthand experience of that down-to-earth authentic wisdom of gracious giving and answer for you, what is The Go-Giver all about and how can the struggling become successful or how can the successful become ultra-successful with this mindset? So it's truly an honor to have Bob with us on the show today. So a little bit more about Bob, Bob Berg is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former US President. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing and influence with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go Giver co authored with john David Mann, has has itself sold over 700,000 copies, and it has been translated into 21 languages. His and John's newest parable in the GoGiver series is the Go-Giver Influencer. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He's also an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic and Ranch in his town of Jupiter, Florida. Good morning, Bob, and welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you. Great to be with you.
1: Excellent. Well, we're looking forward to a great conversation today. So let's jump right in. And can you tell us a little bit about who you were before you wrote The Go-Giver?
2: Well, I began as a broadcaster, first in radio and then in television. I was the uh, late night news guy for a very, very small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. I wasn't particularly good at it. I could read the news, but I uh, was, you know, 24 years old. I didn't know anything about the news and didn't really care. And so, um, (laughs) and I think I was probably too positive for the medium anyway. My idea of a good opening would have been something like, "Good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Berg in the news tonight. Everything's great. (laughs) Something comes up. Yeah." So I wasn't really long for the business, but I did start to to uh, go into sales as a way of making some extra money, and it kind of morphed into a a full-time sales thing. But the first few months, I really stumbled because I knew nothing about selling in the training where I first worked. It was negligible at at best. So um, Mm. I really floundered for a while until I was in a bookstore. And this is almost 40 years ago now, back in the day when bookstores were mainly known for selling books. (laughs) And (laughs) and, uh, there was a sales section and I didn't even realize, a sales section, I didn't realize that was a thing that you could actually learn how to sell. And there were books by uh, uh, Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar. And I remember getting those books and not just reading them, but just immersing myself in them, studying them and practicing and, and um, applying the information. And within a very short period of time, my sales began to really go through the roof, which said to me, that if you have a methodology for doing something, you you know, it doesn't really matter if you don't know how to do it, you can learn. And to this day, I define a system as simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. The key being that, uh, you know, predictability. (laughs) If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired results of B, then you know that all you need to do A is A and keep doing A and eventually you get the desired results. Of course, you you all teach a system yourself, and and so, mm-hmm. um, so from there, I just began to really immerse myself even more in sales and in personal development, and eventually work my way up to sales manager of a company, and 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 eventually that morphed into a speaking business where I got to show others uh, what was working for me, what I had been fortunate to learn from others, and and so forth.
0: So, so Bob, that's what part of the Midwest uh, were you in? I was in Oklahoma. Okay, because I'm I'm actually in St. Louis. Ah, love St. Louis. And so, um, one of the things that really touched, touched me about your book is uh, St. Louis is a very charitable city. We're on we're on some of the the top of, of lists as charities uh, con- uh, con- contributions per capita in the United States. Hmm. And so, I really love that feel of because I think the go giver is is you know, if you can break it down, and I'm sure you can do it a lot better than I can, but it's just about being charitable with yourself, your talents, with your time. And, and that it's not just about the charitable parts of giving money. It's also about, you know, the charitable parts about giving yourself.
2: Right. Well, you know, the GoGiver series of books, they're they're business books. And, and so the when we talk about giving in that sense, we're really talking about giving value in terms mm-hmm. of constantly and consistently providing value to others, value to the marketplace. So it's, it's not really that it's about charity um. yet. You know, I mean, I think like anything else, it's, it, it, you don't separate, you know, char- charity is a very high value. It is mm-hmm. just, it's just, we, we like to make sure people know before they get the books that it's not, a, that it's not about, charity or that you're some uh, you know a magical mystical thing. If you give to charity, you're gonna do well right. yourself. You know, it's really mm-hmm. not about that. But we do love the fact that a lot of people who are go givers are also are also charitable people in terms of financial donations and time and and so forth. And St. Louis has such wonderful people. I, I love that city. Not so much in the dead of winter, but I I love <laughs> uh-huh. being there uh, when it's not winter. <laughs>
0: no, yeah, and that and that was the point. I I know it's more of a business book, but my point is, it seems to be that people that are charitable minded, when they're in business, they also realize that they have to give value before they receive anything.
2: I think that's a great point. And it's, and it's really, it's really right on the mark. Mm -hmm. And so people who, who can move from that, what we call an I focus or me Mm -hmm. focus to an other focus, looking for ways to bring value to others, make other people's lives better, easier, more fulfilling, what have you, those are the people who succeed. And it's not, uh, and uh, again, just uh, uh, playing on the upon the the great point you brought up, it, it's not that it's a magical or mystical thing. It 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 very much um, is is logical and rational. Right. Because, and I'll often say this when I speak at a, a sa- sales event, I'll say, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? They're, they're not, <laughs> oh, right? not going to buy from you because you need the money, and they're not even going to buy from you because. Uh, you're a really nice person who believes in, in you know, in, in what you do. Uh, they're going to buy from you only because they believe they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's the only reason why they should buy from, from any of us. Now, the nice thing about this is that it makes it so that the salesperson, the entrepreneur understands that they have to place their focus on bringing value to the other person. Mm -hmm. They've got to make it not about themselves, but about others. This is why we say that money is simply an echo of value. Mm -hmm. It's, It's the thunder to values lightning.
1: Oh, and we we love that and have been able to model that in our business and then be able to use that as a way of really figuring out how to help people then give more value so they can increase their income. So can I ask you then, I'd like you to kind of go back to the beginning for just a moment for somebody who may not be familiar with The Go-Giver. Now, I know it's a bestseller and it's published, I think, in 120 languages. Am I correct on that?
2: Uh, well, uh, tw- uh, I think now 22 different languages. I wish it was hundred. I love that. <laughs> I keep saying that, Rachel. Keep repeating I that. I like that.
1: Uh, uh, it's positive thinking. Yes. Right? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so you have multiple languages. It's an yeah. international bestseller. Many people are very familiar with this concept, but maybe for someone who hasn't come across it yet, this concept of sales and business we have on one hand and this idea of giving on the other, can you kind of bring those together? Why giving in business how does it work? And what is the principle of the go-giver? Sure.
2: It it's it's understanding and really tying into human nature that that and I love what how Dale Carnegie put this in his classic How to Win Friends and Influence People. I think it was his mm-hmm. underlying premise. It's where he wrote ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. And that's why a go-giver always understands that. Great selling is never about the salesperson. In fact, it's never actually even about the product or service. (laughs) It's always about the other person and how they are going to benefit from the product or service.
0: That's Uh, really what it's
2: all about. And so when you have that, that, uh, whether it's very intuitive or whether it's a natural spirit of wanting to give value to others. And again, this could be whether directly through your product or service, or it could be through other other ways. It could be through connecting good people with other good people, giving referrals to good people. It could be sharing information with people that will be helpful. There's all sorts of ways to bring value to another human being. And the person who does that is the person who is going to is going to greatly benefit just because of the the nature of things and the nature of people.
1: So you kind of have this premise then, the more you give, the more returns back to you and, and really being this person who provides that value to others. And yes. I really love how the book is – a parable. You could call it an allegory. It's a story. It reads extremely well. You get really lost in the book. I don't know if you've heard this from other people, but you probably will laugh out loud. You'll probably cry. I've done both in reading every one of your books. And it's very emotionally driven, but it connects to the core of humanity and really brings out that human element and and it feels almost like a mentor that really believes in you, that you're reading. Well, um,
2: thank you. A, a lot of the credit for that goes to John David Mann, my co-author, because he's really a great writer. I, You know, I'm a how-to person. I'm step one, step two, step three. You can probably tell. Uh-huh. But okay. <laughs> John is just, uh, you know, a wizard when it comes to uh, w- wordsmithing, if you will.
1: Well, I think you really need both because you need the principles and you need to be able to have the structure and strategy, and then you need to make it in a package that works for someone. And so can you kind of walk us through what are those five laws of stratospheric success that you talk about in the book, The Go-Giver?
2: Sure. The uh, laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The first one is the foundational one, the law of value. And this says that your true worth in the business sense is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, this can sound counterintuitive, and it sounds like we're saying you give more than you receive, but that's actually not what we're saying. It's it's understanding that there's a difference between price and value. Price mm-hmm. is a dollar figure. That's what you're charging. It's just, you know, it, it's a, it's a dollar figure, a dollar amount. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to someone that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad they did? A very quick example might be the accountant who you hire to do your taxes, and he uh, charges you. Well, just said round figure, $1,000. That's his his fee, literally his price, $1,000. But what value does he give you? Well, through his years of experience, through getting to know you and asking the right questions to understand your business needs, your desires, your wants, what you're looking to accomplish, uh, he's able to save you $5,000 in taxes. He also saves you countless hours of time and provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So first, we see again that while price is finite, value can be both concrete in terms of the $5,000, that's pretty easy to wrap our arms around, but also conceptual in terms of the peace of mind, which probably holds more worth or value to you than even the money saved. So what he did is he gave you, yeah, he gave you well over $5,000 in value or use value in exchange for a $1,000 price or cash value. He gave you more in value than he took in payment. So you feel great about it. And he Mm -hmm. also made a very, very healthy profit, which he should. In fact, the the basic characteristic of a free market-based exchange, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with with anyone else. The basic characteristic of a free market exchange is that there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits. Both of them come away better off afterwards than they were before.
0: So Bob, do, yes. you, do you believe that uh, that realization of value should come about organically or should it be part of the exchange with the person giving the value? Did did I explain that okay? Or ask the question okay?
2: Uh, let let me let me ask you to just clarify just just to make sure that I got it. I'm sure you asked it perfectly. I think right. it's just me that I I that didn't didn't quite.
0: So what I'm really trying to say is, should you? tell people the other values they're getting for your services or should you just let them experience that through the service and that's real value
2: well you could you communicate that additional value you've got to communicate that additional value it's not enough just to do something they've got to understand it but it's probably not going to come from you telling them that you did it i got it okay so um but in everything you do, for for example, you know, you look at most products and services today and they, you know, they all pretty much work. Technology is leveled off the playing field. There's not a huge difference anymore between any, any one or more product or service. Um, and if a potential customer cannot distinguish, uh, cannot see any significant difference between any two or more products or services, they're always going to go with the, who has the lowest price, right? All right. right. Um, now, and and what I'm going to suggest is unless your last name is Walmart, uh, mm-hmm. trying to make low price, your unique selling proposition is not a good way to do business. It's not profitable, <laughs> right. it's not fun, it's not fulfilling, it's not sustainable. But when you sell on price, you're a commodity. When you sell mm-hmm. on value, you're a resource. So the question is, okay, well, if my product or service is basically the same as everyone else's, how do I communicate that additional value? Well, there are probably hundreds of ways to do so, but they tend to come down to five what we call elements of value. And these elements of value are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you can communicate one or more of those, and when I say you, I mean you and your team, whether it's one person or three people or five, you know, whatever, at every single touch point from when that person calls to when you answer an email to when you first meet that person to the through the sales process, the referral process, what have you, to the degree that you can be communicating those elements of value, that's the degree that you really take price and you take your competition out of the picture.
1: Oh, Bob, I love
0: how you mentioned that. Go ahead, Bruce. No, I was just saying, I I, I suspected that was going to be the answer, but I didn't know if um, if it was more powerful for the person to kind of learn it, you know, themselves through the, through the process, or if it was more powerful to say, and, for, and this is, you know, what we're going to do, uh, the price for the service, but we're also going to give you This, 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 and this along the way.
2: Well, and there's a time and place for that as well. Uh, If if that adds to it, if that adds to their experience of understanding that additional value, absolutely. That's Mm -hmm. that's perfect. Um, You know, one thing I think we all need to remember, anyway, is that that, you know, we've talked about value, right, as part of this law, and it's so foundational, but value is always in the eyes of the beholder. And that's something that the entrepreneur needs to understand, because most of us as entrepreneurs, you know, we're in love with our product or service, we Mm -hmm. know we can bring value to others, right. And we just know people should appreciate what we think they should appreciate about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And yet, that's (laughs) not always how it is, that, you know, that person has their own reasons, that person sees things, Benefits of our product or service that we may not see or they may see one as something we see as being a a real, you know, they may not see that as being any big deal, but something else they do. And that's why it's so important in the selling process to ask questions. And, and really absolutely. listen, <laughs> you know. And
1: that's that's again coming back to that focus on the other person right, and right. that exchange of value, where you said there's there's two uh, people coming away with a profit, and if the seller then can focus on what the buyer's needs are and give them the profit, I think the the person selling will be taken care of oh, just well,
2: fine. Abs- absolutely, and you know when you think about it, what is selling? It's it's simply discovering what the other person wants, needs, and desires and helping them to get it.
1: Absolutely. So can you dive into um, just quickly the other laws as well? So we've covered the law of value.
2: And, I, and I'll do these quicker, I promise. Uh, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I hijacked
0: the last one, so.
2: No, that's okay, <laughs> that's okay. And, and, you know, the law of value, it's not that it's more important than the others, but it's the foundational one. It's sort of where it all begins. So, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The second one is the law of compensation. This says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch with that exceptional value, um, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. And in the story, that's where Nicole Martin, the CEO, told Joe, the protege, that law number one, as important as it is, that represents only your potential income. Mm -hmm. But law number two is really the number of people whose lives you impact. And that's the key there. Uh, Law number three is the law of influence, which says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests First, now when we say this, uh, we we don't mean uh, you know other people's interests first in terms that you're a doormat or that you're a martyr or that you're self-sacrificial. Not at all. It's simply as Joe in the story learned from several of the mentors, the golden rule of business, certainly the golden rule of sales, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's simply no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you in others than by, as we mentioned earlier, uh, genuinely moving from an eye focus, a focus on yourself to a focus on bringing value to them. Or as, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story advised Joe, making your win all about the other person's win. And Rachel, that's what you, know, you just referred to a few moments ago, that that's gonna mm-hmm. be our, our goal. Uh, law number four, the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And uh, Deborah, one of the mentors in the story, shared a very valuable lesson that she learned, and that is all the skills in the world, the uh, sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are. And indeed, they are all very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. When you do, when you show up, as we like to say, As yourself, day after day, week after week, month after month, well, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. They're much more likely to know you, to like you, to love you, to trust you, to want to be in relationship with you, to want to do business with you, to want to refer you to others, to be your personal walking ambassador. And And
1: I have to say um, that that was the chapter that when I first read the book um, about two and a half years ago had me completely in tears. And it was just it was powerful as you realize that all of the techniques as you're talking about all of the professional sales techniques that you can force people to do certain things uh, and make it all about what you want as as the person um, selling really does not work and and really the more effective way is to make sure that you're just really genuinely in a relationship with that person you care about them and you are being authentic and i think it's empowering then to realize we don't have to add something to get that value we just have to be ourselves
2: sure sure
1: so go ahead with the the last one then this is powerful
2: yeah oh, thank you uh the law of receptivity is law number 5 this simply says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. In other words, as human beings, we don't just breathe out. We also have to breathe in. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We also breathe in oxygen. <laughs> we breathe out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. And we, we really receive, I shouldn't even say receive, we are bomb, uh, bombarded with negative messages from the world around us when it comes to prosperity and money, right. And wealth, I oh, mean, yeah. you, you listen to most of the news or you read the, and you'd think that, you know, anyone who makes a lot of money did it by doing something to someone or, you know, stepping on someone toe or building on the back. So, and it's just, you know, again, I, well, there's all sorts of people out there. So, you know, of course, there's some people who will do bad things, but, Basically, especially if you're operating in a free market-based economy where no one's forced to buy from you, the only way you can prosper is by bringing immense value to others. That's it. Um, and so we like people to understand that you know it's not a matter of are you a giver or a receiver? That's what the world wants you to believe, that, that, question is, that this question is a thing. And it's not a legitimate question. It's a treacherous dichotomy. It's a false dilemma, right? The unnecessary use of the word or. Are you a giver or a receiver? No, you're both. You're a giver and a receiver. What you realize, though, is that it begins with the giving. The focus is on the giving, and then you allow the receiving, you've got to be able to do that because all the giving in the world, as great as it is, it's all for naught if you don't allow yourself to receive in like measure.
1: Oh, that's that's powerful. Go ahead, Bruce. Bob, this
0: and this law was actually the one that was more most impactful to me uh, because because uh, I was a I do do a lot of reading on uh, business books, uh, personal mindset books, so on and so forth. You know, a lot of your laws just framed framed other ideas that I had been exposed to, but the law of receptivity was one that opened up my eyes, not only personally but to people around me. Um, And I think it's—I frankly think that one uh, sets you apart from most other people who are preaching value and and influence and authenticity. Nobody talks about the law of receptivity. So uh, thank I think you. it's great. Thank you.
1: Yes. And I think what's interesting about that, I've had uh, several conversations with other people about this as well. I had an opportunity to introduce the go-giver to a, a group of people and had a whole conversation about the law of receptivity. And if you can't be receptive, that means you believe that you are the source.
2: Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I was like, right. so
1: then that would bring overconfidence and arrogance and looking down on other people, which would not be serving of them. It was just interesting to realize that we don't have it all and that's why we need to receive. <laughs> so, anyway, um, that was just kind of a little take there. So if um, if somebody was coming across this book, now this is all about entrepreneurship and how business, how you can serve others and give value through entrepreneurship or being entrepreneurial, even in a corporate job as well. Sure. But if somebody is just starting in business or they're already successful and they're looking to scale and somehow they're hitting a ceiling and they want to go beyond that and they're, they're in this way of thinking, I need to be a go-getter and I need to go accomplish more and have clout and leverage as um, Joe learned mm-hmm. that he, he needed something else in the book. Um, how would you say that you can build a business around the go-giver philosophy without making that does it make money? question the first question
2: well okay so there are a a couple different different parts to this and they're both very very good uh questions the first is how do you scale you know your bit i mean let's say you're successful, you're doing well how do you scale how do you how do you really what you're asking is how do you reach more people with it because that's how and reach more people without having to do an equal amount of work right because when you think about it if you have Uh, You know, let's say you have 50 clients and this takes you. And again, I don't even like putting hours to things, but we're just using this to as an example. You know, it takes you 40 40 hours uh, in your week and you've got 50, uh, 50 customers or 50 clients. And again, generic business, you know, what have you. OK, you want 100 customers, but it's not. But you don't want to work 80 hours. right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You want to work 42 hours for that or, you know, or, or 44 hours for 200, you know. So so we need to be able to leverage. This is what um, uh, Nicole did in the story. OK, and uh, where she started out in, in this case as a teacher and she had X amount of clients, if you will, uh, customers, and she found a way to to um, to leverage her her value and expand her reach. And so there's, (coughs) there's many ways to do this. It's just really a matter of what your business is. The, the book, the E-Myth by Michael Gerber, I, you know, I thought provided some excellent, uh, ways to look at how to do this. Um, and, and there are, you know, there are many other books and, and, um, teachings out there. So uh, there's not one answer I would have in terms of how do you do that? It, it just depends on your business. But what you want to do is make it scalable in such a way that you're able to serve a whole lot more people, but without putting an equal amount of time or work into it. Once you build it, you want to be able to see the income coming in as a result of serving so many more people.
1: Absolutely. Oh, and That's then, good. And then, the, and then other, the oh, go ahead. Yeah. Excuse me. No, the other part of the question. So yeah. how do you do that without asking the money question first?
2: Well, okay. So the money question really comes, I think, when you even start your business. Because most times when an entrepreneur is beginning a business, not not, not necessarily an entrepreneur, but anyone starting any business, a, a, a lot of times they'll ask the question, you know, okay, so is this going to make money? Now, by the way, asking if something will make money is not a bad question to quote Mm -hmm. Pindar in the book. It's not a bad question. Asking if something will make money is a great question. It's just a bad first question. Why? Because this goes back to what we talked about earlier. No one's going to buy your product or idea because you want to make money. right? They're going to buy because they believe it's going to bring them value. So the first question you need to ask is, will it serve? Will this provide value to people? And even if it will, is there a market do you know do people not just need it do they want it will they accept it is this something people will buy right Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, and and if if the answer is no to that is there a way i can help the i can sell the market on the idea that it's something they would want that's very legitimate too many you know most great inventions did not meet with with instant approval from people it had to be sold that's why it's called selling and not order taking and so (laughs) Um, and so the first question though, is, will it serve? Does it serve? Is there a market for it? Will it bring value to the marketplace that people will pay for? Okay. Will it serve? Then if the answer is yes, then ask, will it make money? Because see, you can have that first part taken care of. Sure. There's a market for it; people will love it. People lead it up. But if it's not profitable, that's also not good. Now, now you've got a very expensive hobby. Right. Okay. So both Correct. questions are very important. But just like money is an echo of value, meaning the value comes first, okay, we have to ask the question before we do anything, does it serve? Is there value to it? Then we ask, will it make money? So even if, so if someone's wanting to expand their, their business, okay, they can also ask that questionnaire. If I if I if I want to scale this thing and bring it to a much bigger marketplace, which will result in a lot more money. Um, is there a, a, a bigger market for this? Um, right. You know, if, if you sell financial services, can you have a, a, a? Can you also do something where you have a newsletter that people will buy? You know that so that even if they're not your clients, you can still uh, have more money coming in by doing that, or sell a system to other financial advisors on how they can build their financial. You know wh- whatever you whatever you do. Right. But but yes, I, I think those are you know great questions to ask, and you've got to start first with. The value.
1: Excellent. So as we work towards a close, um, I want to ask you, you've written uh, five books now. This go-giver movement is happening. It's more than just a book at this point. What, what are you working on next? Where are you going? What's inspiring you right now?
2: Well, we just came out with our newest book in the series, the, um, the Go-Giver Influencer, and this is another parable, and of course, set in the same fictional town as The Go-Giver, and, uh, and it's been out for a month now at the time that we're having this conversation, and uh, we're just enjoying that, and right now, I'm just doing interview after interview and, uh, and promoting the book that way, uh, you know, speaking about it, and, uh, you know doing all the things we do to promote a book. So uh, that's a lot of fun, though. And uh, and bringing that message, bringing the Giver influencer message to the public is, is something I'm very passionate about.
1: That's awesome. Well, and true to form, I understand that you are giving away a free chapter of one of your books. I'm not sure which one it is. I think it's one of the Giver original book. But can you tell us more about how Somebody could get that for our audience and where our listeners can find and follow your work. And then we're going to also tell them, please go buy the book, all of them, all of the Go Giver books. Well,
2: they, can, they thank you. They can go to thegogiver.com without the hyphen, thegogiver.com, and they can click on any of the books that come up and it will take them to a place where they can get the first two chapters to see if they like it.
1: That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing that tremendous value with our listeners today. I know it's just been an honor to be able to have you on the show. Felt a little bit like we were talking to Pindar this morning.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Rachel,
0: that's because you're Rachel.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: Yes, I was going to ask you if you're drinking Rachel's I, famous I'm coffee. I'm drinking
2: some of your favorite your famous <laughs> coffee right now in a go cup. Exactly.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for joining us today on the Money Advantage podcast. And so special thanks to you and special thanks to our listeners. And you guys can email us with questions or comments at hello at themoneyadvantage.com. Thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Thank you, Bob. Thank you.
1: So go out and get your copy of The Go-Giver. You're going to want to buy all of the books in the series and probably send them to all your friends and family as Christmas gifts as well. So just a little indicator there. Now on the money side of your life, if you would like to create a comprehensive strategy to keep in control more of the money that you already make, email us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com and you can request your free financial picture conversation. This conversation will help you maximize your wealth today and in the future and help you to discover money that's flowing out of your control so that you can get more of your money flowing back into your control with the end result of having more to retain and utilize during your lifetime and more also to pass on to future generations. And remember, success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. To learn how high-performing entrepreneurs 10x or more returns on liquid capital without giving up quick access to cash, go to themoneyadvantage.com forward slash liquid capital to get The Unfair Advantage, your 20-minute easy-to-read guide on maximizing your savings.
0: Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast